InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. And thank you for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, October 30th. Thanksgiving is less than a month. Less than almost, what, three weeks plus? And it's moving fast, as it always is. Time moves by pretty fast. Well, I don't know whether you had a, any good TV time for the football schedule, but, uh, you know, I'm watching the uh, failing San Francisco 49ers versus uh, the Arizona Cardinals this week. They're both 1-6 before the game. And, of course, 49ers lost, but I have to watch it since my nephew plays them. And they're going to be uh, this Thursday night football. The 49ers will play again. I'm just hoping they win a few more games. I really hope so for my nephew's sake. I thank you for taking the time here for Invest Talk. We have one clear objective, as we always tell you, and that is to help you grow your money, your investments. And, of course... We welcome your phone calls and questions, 888-99-CHART. And speaking of your investments, tonight at 6.30 Pacific Time, Justin and I will be hosting our free wealth webinar. So what's on the agenda? We're going to break down the topics you need to grasp in order to put yourself on the right financial path. Things, you know, basic things you need to know. It's not just about the fundamentals and the technicals. There's other things you need to know. And what are those things? And how do you... How do, you, how do you become knowledgeable in those areas? So we're going to talk about that today on, on, the, uh, on the webinar. Also, of course, we'll be mentioning Invest Talk Academy that's coming up. Now, we do the webinar live, and you can watch your computer or mobile devices. You'll also see us there. But you've got to register so we can send you an access link. You can register now at investtalk.com. So you've got to register, investtalk.com. Did you hear this? Elon Musk was again taunting authorities on Twitter. Musk said his $20 million fine was worth it. Now, mind you, he didn't pay the $20 million. The stockholders paid the $20 million. His comments defy common sense. And I, I guess he doesn't understand you know, cor- how corporate governance works. <coughs> He's a public company. You can't do certain things. You, can't, you have to watch out for your shareholders. That's your job. Not yourself. Don't watch out for yourself. And you know, the SEC can come in and uh, throw out that settlement agreement. And, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. You know, they finally, you know, uh, Tesla finally makes, you know, their, their projections. And so great, you know, great for Tesla. I mean, you know, great for Tesla shareholders. But then he does stuff like this. Come on. On a more positive note, Apple today unveiled its latest high-tech wonder, its new MacBook Air. That was uh, in New York today. Apple CEO Tim Tim Cook called Apple the brand of choice for creatives, whatever that really means. Brand of choice. If you're an investor in Apple or other high big-tech stocks like Amazon, Facebook, this headline may foretell a portfolio impact for you. Britain to target online giants with new digital services tax. New tax. 
I saw that on the news this morning. And I'm going to explain things coming up in a few minutes about what they're talking about, a new digital services tax. But before I talk about that, let's make time for a caller. You know our number is 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I love the podcast. I'm learning so much from you guys. I've heard you talk about getting into utilities in the upcoming bear market, and I'm wondering if REITs is a good sector to get into, something like MPW or OHI. I wonder if this is a good time to get into REITs. Thank you. I'll listen on the podcast. Okay, just as a general rule, REITs, real estate investment properties, real estate investment trusts, are not a good time to get into when interest rates are rising. Because REITs usually rely on borrowed money to grow their business. They usually have a lot of borrowed money. Therefore, rising interest rates cost them more, and the REIT suffers. Now, that's just the general rule. doesn't mean all REITs will suffer, but in general, they will. Medical properties REITs, MPW, the one you uh, mentioned, is one I happen to like. Uh, I've liked it for some time. I don't own it in, in any of the managed accounts, but I do like it, and it's doing quite well, even with interest rates going up. Well, why is that? Because it's a, re- it's a REIT that acquires, develops, and net leases healthcare facilities across the U.S., and healthcare facility- facilities are becoming more and more and more popular because you got the baby boomers or who are aging. So the growth of these medical property type REITs uh, is is increasing. So, having said that, it's going to make a dollar thirty nine next year. That's up only one percent from this year, and only up two percent this year. Uh, the sales growth is falling to twenty one percent in the most recent quarter. And I say twenty percent, twenty one percent growth is pretty darn good. But it used to be thirty, and then it was before that was forty. So it's slowing down its growth. But it's still growing. The PE is fairly reasonable at fifteen dollars a share, fifteen dollars and four cents, and a dollar thirty-nine, dollar uh, thirty-nine price. I mean, you're looking at you know a PE that's pretty darn low. But don't don't get too excited about the low PE because reach this usually have low PEs. This one has ranged from seven to fourteen the last five, you know, five years. So it's not. uh, You know, it's not that cheap. It might seem cheap, but it's not. It's more fairly priced at $15.04. And you'll notice how well it's reacted in this month of October. It's it's gone up. The rest of the market has has gone down. So it's acting pretty well in this environment, and it probably will stay pretty healthy as it pays 6.6% dividend. So it, you buy these things, this one, you buy it for the dividend. You buy it for the dividend. If it goes down, you still hold on to it. You just hold on to the dividend. Dividend's always going to be there. So I kind of like it. I do like the company. I just don't think it's, I would like to pick it up on a weakness. I mean, it got down to $14 a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, and then gone up from that. So here's the digital tax story. I heard, I read it this morning in one of the papers on Investor's Business Daily. Or, no, wasn't that Financial Times? Britain said it would tax the revenue that online platforms such as Google, Facebook, Amazon make in their territory. 
what we're saying, try to listen to that. They're going to tax the revenue. So not profits, not profits. Just how much revenue they gather from that country. Do you think that they, 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 they say that that's fair? You're going to tax their revenue. What if they don't make any money? Your tax drives them out of business. That's not likely to happen. But you're taxing revenue. Hmm. Who's paying that tax? Do you think the companies pay that tax? No, they'll pass that along to their clients. Right? They're not going to pay that. Clients are you and me, by the way. The tax will target platforms such as search engines, social media, online marketplaces. And that's what uh, that's what the the country Britain's whoever is in charge said. Um, and they're going to do it only if the company generates at least 500 million pounds a year from Britain. Uh-huh. 500 million pounds a year. Actually, global revenue is what that is, not from Britain. Uh, yeah, I, should they be taxed? I, I, you know, that's a hard question. I don't know if I'm smart enough to answer that question. You know, big big internet stock companies have not paid, paid tax in Europe. Usually, they channel their sales and, through a country like Ireland or Luxembourg because they have a much friendlier tax policy. So it's going to be tough. The UK tax plan is is opposed by smaller states like Ireland, and for obvious reasons, they're afraid. Of, and the Nordic governments they're afraid they're going to lose business. That you know, they think there's going to be a a fight. What if the United States decides that that's not fair? What what, what will the U.S. do? Are we still going to be in a, another <laughs> another tariff issue? I I don't know. We don't know. So I don't know. We'll see how all this shakes out, but it is going to make for an interesting news cycle for sure. Now, if you're a big tech investor and have you know and have guidance questions, I invite you to reach out and maybe ask Justin or myself at KPP Financial, or send us a message through investtalk.com. We'll help you. We'll help you as best we can. We want to help you. So give us a call. 888-99-CHARGE. The line, uh, lines are open here on the show. I'm Steve Peasley, and there's a lot going on in the coming days. I have a lot to get through today. If, but, of course, your calls come first. Our next Wealth Webinar will be tonight, 6.30 Pacific, Pacific Time, 6.30 Pacific Time. And the new, uh, I hope exciting for you all, the Invest Talk Academy begins on November 1st, Thursday. Thursday, better sign up before the price goes because it will be going up at November 1st. The price is going to go up. But I'm ready to take your questions right now. 888-99-CHART. Do you ever wonder whether your current investment strategy is working as well as it could, as well as it should? Well, if you explore the list of strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial, and you can do this anytime at investtalk.com, you can quickly see just what you may be missing. Okay, the phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Dan in San Diego. How you doing, Dan? Real good, Steve. Good to uh, hear you again. I got a question about Thank volatility you. in October. Uh, 
I yes. was just wondering what your thoughts might be. Every October, you know, things get kind of volatile. How much yep. or how much could be attributed to funds starting to rebalance for the end of the year? Well, that's a good question. Uh, October is known I mean, for volatility. Uh, October is known for its volatility. It has for, it's 40% more volatile than the next closest month. So that tells you how volatile it can be measured over de decades. And how much of that volatility could be, uh, could be attributed to, to uh, mutual funds balancing or rebalancing their portfolios for the end of the year? You know, no one really knows, Dan, but it's a good question. I've never read anything. You know, I'm an avid reader of all these statistics. And I've never read anything as to, that, as to that being a cause. I have read a lot about they're not sure what the cause is. I've read that a lot. But no one really knows. It, it might be because coming back on back from summer vacations is one of the reasons, September, October. And then you've got the end of the quarter in September. And October is the start of the final quarter and they right. you know, there could be rebalancing you know they want to get ready for the push upward so they want to reposition themselves in better stocks you never know you just never know but that's a good question dan appreciate the call All thank right. you thank no you. one really so but no one really thank you no one really has the answer to that no one really does okay what are we gonna what are we gonna talk about today on invest talk here i got a bunch of stuff S&P on the brink of notching the, this nearly 50-year record as stock market swoons. What is that? What's a 50-year record? Here's how, and then another one. Here's how harshly the stock market is punishing companies that beat earnings forecasts. And another one. If you weren't yet worried about the stock market, you should be now. Hmm. I have noticed that there's a lot of negative, negative articles out there. And that's kind of telling me we're getting close to the end. That's what I think. Close to the end of the correction. I think we're getting close. I don't think we're there yet, but I think we're getting close. And I'm going to go over some more stats. And we'll talk about that. This is Invest Talk. I'm C. Peasley, and we have a singular mission here to help you grow and protect your investments. And we can start now by taking your questions. Give us a call. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Please make sure you subscribe to the Invest Talk podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, then listen, rate, and review. And by the way, Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. Register now at investtalk.com. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Bobby in Atlanta. How you doing, Bobby? Hey, Steve. I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call. Uh, Aflac, AFL, the insurance company. Do you think it's a good point to buy or a good time to buy some? I I noticed insurance companies had a very a very good day today. Um, 
And I do think it's a good point to buy. Aflac, everybody. AFL is a symbol. It was at $47, $48 just at the beginning of the month, and now it's at $43. It got down to like $41.50 intraday and then popped up before the, almost to $42, but that was the bottom. And the reason why I say that probably is uh, the bottom for this company is because it's done this before back in July, and back in February, it got down to 41. So, and then yep. back in uh, November or December last year, it was 41 too. So, it certainly seems like a bottom. And then you look at the numbers for Aflac, and I'm kind of impressed with them. Offers cancer, accident, health, disability, and life insurance in Japan and the United States. And it's a $33 billion company. It pays a 2.4% dividend, which is not a great deal. But it's slowly growing its earnings. It's going to make $4.17 next year with a $43 stock. So that's that means that the PE is, you know, fairly low. I mean, we're talking about, what, uh, 11 PE? Okay. That's pretty low, even though it has, you know, that's not extremely low, but it's pretty low with a five-year average of 9 to 13. So, you know, it's on the low end. Uh, so I think this what you will I think it will go back up to in the in the uh, mid to high 40s. I, I don't see it not going back there, Bobby. I'm not sure if the sell-off is over, but I think it's close. So you can step okay. in gently and test the waters. Okay, Affleck, Sounds good. AFL. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Bobby, I appreciate the call. Today's main talking point: the economists say the U.S. GDP is impressive, but there's always a but. They think there's a weak investments are weak in certain areas, you know, in the corporate investments, and they have concerns. They worry about the sliding housing market, uh, ballooning trade deficit, headwinds from the Fed policies. Well, haven't we had those all along? I mean, haven't we had those for months? And the market didn't worry about them then. But that's going to be one of our one of our talking points, uh, and. I think it's probably it's probably something you know the GDP as you know was three what three and a half percent three and a half percent for the uh, third quarter so that's put us on track for a better than three percent annual rate we haven't seen that in quite some time um, the worries that these economists quote and remember uh, you know in my book above average investing for the average investor I always say the experts are always wrong in there they they are, they are always wrong. And they are. Now, can they be right? Of course they can. But they're more wrong, way more wrong than they're right. So I don't know if I want to believe these experts. I think we do have a housing market. Have you heard me talk about it? Uh, that's, that's weakening. I know we have a trade deficit that's bad. And I agree with the Fed should stop raising rates. And I've said that for months now. And at least relax for a while. <laughs> give a chance for all these rates and see the remember the IMF ratcheted down world growth so and there is no absolutely no inflation so why should the Fed be raising rates but should this be a, a, a big cause of concern I, I'm for the economy I'm I'm not there yet I'm not at the point to say oh things are falling apart why did the market rally at the end of the day today 432 points on the Dow 111 on the NASDAQ and 41 on the SP. Why did it rally? 
Because Trump's acted like he wants to have an agreement with China that maybe we can get a, a China's agreement when we meet next month, which is, you know, a couple days. You know, next month is a couple days. And all of a sudden, the market felt, oh, goody, that, that's a, and he didn't, there's no agreement. They haven't even talked yet, you know, so, you know, the market reacted to that. So, my point is, what if the Fed decides in December that they're going to slow down, or early next year, that they're going to slow down, instead of, instead of the three times they say they're going to raise rates in 2019, what if they decide not to? What if the, what if China, we get an agreement with China? What do you think that will do to the economy and the stock market? See, I think it will react well to those kinds of things. What if we don't get an agreement with China? What if we don't? What if the Fed continues pushing rates up? Well, I think that's suicidal on the Fed's rate because we already have this big negative thing without a trade agreement with China. That's a big negative overhang for the world economy. Okay, maybe not so much for us, but for the rest of the world, especially the Asian world. It's a negative thing. Uh, China's market is in a bear market. Their economy is slowing down. Now, their growth is slowing down. They're still having a lot of good growth. But what if we get in a trade agreement? What, see, there's positive things that could happen that could drive the market. And you don't think Trump knows that? Tomorrow on Invest Talk, Bitcoin is everything but useful, according to ex-Federal Reserve Chairman Janet Yellen. It's everything but useful. She's labeled Bitcoin as a highly speculative asset and not a stable source of value. But we know that for sure. That story is going to be tomorrow. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get YCharts. Get ready for the next InvestTalk online educational event. 
It's a live wealth webinar, and it's happening tonight, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. InvestTalk webinars cover various topics from economics to stock picking, but you have to pre-register and you can do it right now at investtalk.com. It's easy. Roll over the InvestTalk menu link, then click on webinar. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Vitaly calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I have a question about mortgages. Justin talked about paying mortgage twice a month, uh, and that's a way to save money because you'll pay off the house faster. You won't pay as much interest. So if you are already paying extra every month, let's just say you're paying extra $300 or $400 a month for your mortgage to pay off your mortgage faster so you don't have to pay as much interest, can you combine that with also paying twice a month? And can you go into more detail of what exactly uh, paying twice a month actually does? And I'm guessing, logically, you would pay off even faster if you're already paying an extra 300 400 or 500 a month to pay off the house, and you're doing it two times a month. But I could be wrong. Thank you very much, and I look forward to hearing the response. Well, generally, that paying twice a month, that second payment goes all directly to your uh to your balance, just like that paying extra every month. So it's the same thing. Paying extra month or paying an extra uh, uh, extra mortgage payment a month is the same. So if you can afford it, you just pay as much as you can per month to reduce, and all that money, you have to think in terms, as Justin pointed out, as saving that money because you're going to pay much less interest and, and get rid of the mortgage much faster. Have you ever figured out what a 30-year fixed mortgage actually comes to how much money did you borrow and then multiply the monthly payment times 12 months in a year times 30 years and you ever see the difference of how much you're paying way over twice what you owed so it's a huge amount that you could save by paying extra my first uh well it wasn't my first house that's for sure about my first uh nice house that i lived in everything else was investments um, I paid $500 extra a month on a 30-year loan due in 10. Have you ever heard of those? Those they, they used to have those. So in 10 years, I had to pay off the balance. So what I did is I paid $500 extra a month so that I knew in 10 years I would not have a balance and I wouldn't have to refinance. And that worked beautifully. You just figured out the math and paid the extra. And it was not easy. It was very difficult at the time. To pay that extra $500 a month, that was very difficult for us. And then when I had that paid off, and I had the house paid off, I borrowed money and bought another rental property. <laughs> My wife was not happy about that. <laughs> anyway, let's go to John in Santa Cruz. How are you doing, John? Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, wanted to ask you about the India Fund. Uh, it's a closed-end fund. Uh, mm -hmm. and it's gone down since I bought it about 30%. And I'm wondering if I should buy more shares. Okay. Okay. This is IFN. <laughs> yeah. Yes. India IFN. Fund. It's been around since yeah, okay. Yeah, it's been around a long time. I, I, if, for, if you want to get in India, this is a good fund. Uh, it's a, a closed-in fund, not a... Not an ETF, yes. but a CEF. 
Clothes and fun. Do you know if it's selling at a discount or a premium to its assets? Yeah. Do you know? Oh, it's selling at a discount. What is it? Yes. Okay. Uh, so it's a closed yeah. in fund investing primarily in equity securities and India companies for long-term capital appreciation. Has a very large dividend yield, ten percent, ten percent, because the stock has gone down from twenty-five dollars or so down to twenty. Yes. And it just increases the dividend on these companies. So uh, I, I, I'm not sure if it's done, John. Uh, I think you still need to wait a little while. I'd like to see some strength come back into the stock. <laughs> but the the MACD, the moving average convergence divergence number, has, as the stock has been falling, has started to come up, meaning their buyers are coming into this fund at this at this point. You're getting some buyers coming uh, in uh, uh, at this okay. $19, $20 stock. So there are buyers coming in. I, I, if you own it now and you want to put on some more, I think I still wait a little bit. Maybe another couple of weeks okay. to see it go sideways. Okay? okay? John, thanks for the call. Yep. IFN. IFN, everybody. Indian Fund in India. India. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about how the, what's the market done so far in the month of October. It's really near a, almost a record. If it goes down tomorrow, if it goes down tomorrow, because it was up today, and just as a reminder, it was up nicely today, uh, 432 points on the Dow, 111 on the NASDAQ, and 41 on the S&P. And all because, and that was the last hour or so, because uh, Trump said he wants to come to a deal with China. But that's all. I mean, to me, that wasn't enough. It looks like we're just getting a, a bounce. But anyway, if it goes down tomorrow, that will set a 50-year record for the stock market. And what's the record? 17 days in a month, in a one particular month of down, down days. 17 days of being down in the month. But really, what are we looking at in October? If this, I'm just talking about October. This is how volatile the market has been, down volatile. The Dow Jones has fell in 7.6% in October. 7.6. The S&P 500 is down 9.4%. The NASDAQ is down 12.4%. The small cap Russell 2000 is down 12.9%. So we have a full-blown, approximately 10% correction, okay, which is a normal amount of correction. It's just like February. Remember how fast it fell in February? Well, October's kind of, it's almost a mirror of October. Now, February was just a few days that really, really dipped. In October, it's more of many days where it's coming down. And actually, the market is much weaker than it appears. And to me, I see it being weaker. Think about this. Uh, there, Most of the FANG stocks have been really punished. And I got some stats on that too. If we have time, I'm going to tell you about those things. But the FANG stocks, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. Which one do you think is the, the strongest by far of that group? Which one? One of them. It would be Apple. Apple. By far, by the way. Uh, and which one do you think, remember you hear us on the show here talking about valuations. 
Which one do you think that has the best valuation and had the best valuation? Apple. Apple. I mean, it was the least overpriced of these, the FANG stocks. So, does it still overpriced? Are they still overpriced? I kind of think they are. But they're really taking it on the chin. I mean, you have Facebook and Netflix. They're down 33% from their peaks. Google and Amazon are down 20 to 25% from their peaks. That is a lot. That is a big move down. Now, how much do you think Apple's down from its peak? 8.5%. Apple's 8.5% down from its peak. So, you know, you rode the ride while it was, while it was, these things were doing very well last, most of this year. And now they're giving much of that back. That's not unusual. It's not. Now, for those people who think that everything keeps going up forever, no, it doesn't. Nothing grows to the sky. It does retract. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope excitement is building. Justin and I have a powerful new way for you to sharpen your investment skills. It's called Invest Talk Academy. Our first online class is on November 1st, 9 o'clock. That's this Thursday, by the way. Now, we realize that a good many of you want a greater degree of hands-on guidance. Our time on Invest Talk Radio and podcast program is limited, as you know. But we can expand our mentoring each week during Invest Talk Academy. We're going to one class a week. We will feature a broad range of different topics. Since you can ask questions, it will really be a participant-focused lesson. Invest Talk Academy begins on November 1st. That's Thursday. You'll be, you'll be seeing my face and Justin's face. We're going to take turns. We'll probably do the first uh, one together. But we're going to take turns every other week because we're really busy. It's hard to squeeze this in, but we want to. Now, to get the lowest price, you got to sign up by tomorrow, by the way. you got to tell the, the start uh, November 1st it's going up. It's $49 a month, uh, and it's going to go to $69 a month after the first. Okay? You can sign up by going to investtalkacademy.com. Investtalkacademy.com. Okay, the phone lines are open, and we're t- taking your calls, as we always do on every weekday, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance. That can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all platforms. Broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP Premium Newsletter, the upcoming Wealth Webinar, and the exciting new Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP financial office or sending a message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Jeff in San Francisco. How you doing, Jeff? Not bad yourself, sir. I'm hey, doing had well. A Thank you very much. In regards to us, 
us little guys out here. Uh, we I rode the tech mm-hmm. stock to the ride to the crash, did the medicals, and rose to the top and then crash and burn again. Um, so basically trying to find out where do we hide? Where do we go now that it's starting to crash? Where do we okay. hide? Large caps, what are we dealing with? What, what do we have? What's your expertise? You, you, you can hide in utilities. Utilities is a good place. Uh, and to try to avoid that rise and crash, Jeff, try to remember to start taking profits when you get really, really happy. <laughs> when you get happy yeah. and you think you're doing great, that's when you start to sell. You don't have to sell out. Just start taking some off the table. Uh, we're in a okay. late, late economic cycle, and usually late economic cycles, utilities do very well. So that's one place okay. you can hide. You can also hide... You can also hide in precious metals, even though that's not done well because the dollar's done been strong. But that's a good place to hide, and you can also hide in uh, ultra short, ultra short bond funds, ultra okay. short bond funds. They give you like three okay. percent return, uh, but you can you're hiding from, you can hide from the market. So take a look at utilities. You know all the utility stocks you'll see. Most of them have done very well against this draft okay. downdraft in the market this month. Okay? Okay. Jeff? All right, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I, and that's a lesson. That's one of the lessons we really want to talk about. How, and I think that's going to be our first lesson, by the way. How to reduce risk. How do you protect your portfolio? How do you, what do you, do, what are the things you can do? And there's lots of things you can do. And we're going to talk about that. It's going to be our first lesson. What you can do to and how do you do it? We'll get some. We'll get. We'll get to some details on that. Okay. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Do you remember? Did you notice yesterday was a reversal day? And a reversal day is where the market is up, and then is down, and good volume uh, on, and pretty big move up and down. And so it was a reversal day down yesterday, which is usually negative. Now you can have a reverse day up, which is usually positive. So today should have been a kind of, if it was a negative, real negative, today would have been a follow-through down day, and we didn't have that. I mean, we didn't even have that even before uh, Trump came out and said he wants to deal with China, which is meaningless, by the way, at this point, just saying that. Um, um, Until there's a deal, it's nothing. So... uh, the market is still being very volatile. That's what you're seeing. October has a history of that, as I've told you before. Okay? So just be aware of that. Okay? Is there maximum pessimism out there in the market? If that's the case, you know we're at a bottom. I don't see it yet. How do you see that? People ask me, well, how do you say it? You know, oh, you can't know that for sure. Uh, no, you can never know anything for sure in the stock market. But what you can do is take a look at the VIX, the volatility index, which is also known as the fear gauge. And you'll know that the VIX is at 23 today, 23.35. It's been, it had not, it has not closed above about 25. Back in February, the fear gauge spiked up to close to 50, never closed, it closed around 40 on a, on a, uh, uh, the, the, the highest close. That's that's more fear. It can get up to 90. That was 2008, by the way. It got up to 90. But around 40, that's a pretty good spike, and we're only at 23, 24 now. 
I just don't see the fear, and I don't see enough volume on down days to say that people, I don't see that exhaustive sell-off. I don't see that fear spike. I, if I saw that, then I would say, yeah, I think we're really close to the bottom. We haven't seen it. We may not get it. It doesn't always happen, but it generally does. Here's a quick reminder. Tell your friends about our upcoming free online webinar tonight. Tonight at 6.30. You can register at investtalk.com tonight, 6.30. 6.30 But for now, we've still got about 10 minutes left in the program. So let's get your question in. 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, Bitcoin is anything but useful. That's according to ex-Fed Reserve Chair Janet Yellen. In a recent speech, she labeled Bitcoin a highly speculative asset. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Okay, I had an email question come in to me. Um... Uh, this was from uh, Ben, and he wanted me to take a look at a particular fund, Green Mountain Century. My father, who is retired, asked me about them, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Green Mountain Century is a mutual fund, everybody. The symbol is C, C no, G-C-I-N-X, G-C-I-N-X. It's a very, very small fund, $46 million, so that's really tiny. doesn't have a rating with Morningstar. Morningstar rates from... No rating from one to five stars. It might be too small for a rating. But it also hasn't performed that well. I would not consider it. This is a foreign fund. It, it buys international stocks, but almost 90% are non-U.S. stocks, you know, and only 1% U.S. stocks. So it's a foreign fund. Um, it's, they call it international index. Uh, well, it's not international if you don't include U.S. stocks. I'm not sure why they say that. The Morningstar likes, they rate fairly high. They haven't rated it with their stars yet, but they rate fairly high management. They like the management. And they think the performance is good, but it's the performance is below the, it's, it's benchmark, so I'm not so keen on it. It's been falling ever since the beginning of the year. Now, well, that kind of ties in with foreign stocks falling. You know, most of the place else. The United States is the only really strength out there this year. And we're we're starting to see that kind of wane a little bit here in October. But uh, no, it's not one I would consider. I, I would not. And that's a Green, uh, green Century Fund, G-C-I-N-X. 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's talk about this. There's a lot of news out there, and it's almost all negative. And that usually means that maybe we've hit maximum pessimism, but as I said, I don't see it showing up in the charts. I don't see uh, maximum pessimism yet. So we may not be done, but I do think we're getting close to being done. Now, after we're done with this correction, what do I think the markets are going to do for the rest of the year? I think it will bounce. I think it will go up. But I don't think it's going to be super strong but I do think we'll have a rally to the year end. What will that do for the whole year? Maybe, I'm hoping we're going to be up 5% for the year. By the way, that'll take us right back up to the highs that we had recently in September. <laughs> That's what that would do. So what would be a 15%, uh, about a 15% recovery maybe 
and I don't think we're done. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, why? Why the big fear out there, and I'm worried about it too. Is is, is where are we in our economic cycle? Is the economy finally going to roll over and see weakness? And I'm not so. And I've told you this before, over and over. I'm not so worried about you know next year, but the year after, late next year, could we could start seeing our economy starting to slow? And what am I basing this on? I think if the Fed keeps pushing up rates, I think we're going to see you know our beginnings of our recession next year. But I don't think, I'm hoping that the Fed's not that stupid. You know, too many people hold the Federal Reserve too high on a pedestal. They get it wrong all the time. They have always, always, every time that they raise interest rates, they raise interest rates until a recession happens. So, you can look back in history, look at the past recessions, and look before that, what were the Federal Reserve doing? Raising rates. They need to stop. You know, they need to get, take a breather. But I don't think they're doing that. And that is, as I said before, China, we already have a big headwind in our trade policies with China, a headwind in the world economy. So that acts as that acts as a dampening effect on all economies. This morning we had inflation numbers on our economy, and there wasn't any. There isn't any. So why are the Federal Reserve raising rates? There's no inflation to fight. Remember, you fight inflation by raising rates. What that does is tends to cause less borrowing. Also, the Federal Reserve sees the housing market. It sees that it's already topped and started weakening. Why are you raising rates? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. I got to stop whining. Anyways, I thank you for your support. Attention podcast listeners, you will be learning much more about YCharts, the, the maker of the software that Dee and Justin and I use a lot, data research, filtering, charting, all that. In fact, we use YCharts almost every day. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you tonight on the uh, webinar. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.